And we are back for our number six here on the Canadian Football Countdown, CFL Free Agent Frenzy 2023. Uh, we've been live uh, all day here since 9 a.m. Uh, covering the opening of CFL Free Agency. Uh, lots of news coming in throughout the day. Lots of names still left on the board. I'm Ryan Coop. Trey Colbeck is still here as well. I know you got to run at some point in the near future, Trey, but we've been having a lot of fun here today together. And we're still joined by Andrew from the Turf District. We just finished talking a lot about where the Elks are at, what moves they've made. I figure it's been a while since we've taken a look at the free agent tracker and the options still available out there on the free agent market. So I think we'll uh, we'll take a gander at some of that as well. Let's go to the offensive line position. One of the most important on the field, one of the ones I feel like we talk about the least uh, from a stats perspective because there isn't a whole lot of stats to talk about. But you mentioned, you know, potentially wanting to see an upgrade on the O-line there, Andrew. Uh, of the options still out here on the free agent chart, are there any that jump out to you? I guess we got to take Josiah St. John off the list there now as he is going to the Elks. Anybody here that uh, jumps to mind as a, a key addition for a team? Some of the my <clears throat> some of my friend circles and things, we were, we were talking about um, the possibility of Sirocco coming over this way um and uh just because of course he's he's you know been in the league a little bit he's canadian we've got some good balance there um that might be something that we might you know we would like to but i i thought he was tied to bc at some point am i do i have that right i thought i read that somewhere but um but i i would like to see uh like i wouldn't be upset about that one let's just put it that way um and uh the one that is on there that a little bit of a surprise for me um just in how that he didn't really play last year was jamal campbell because he was so big in toronto the year before and i kind of thought that that he might be getting a little more traction but he didn't play much last year so i don't know if there's something in the background that we don't really know about but um but those are a couple of names that kind of stand out to me on guys that are like well you know they're they're not they're not older dudes they're able to play a bit they've had a bit of experience um and could help with uh, some upgrades on the on the offensive line trey what about you anybody sticking out still uh, that you're surprised is still on the board here or uh, and if not uh is there another position you you've got your eyes on still waiting for some pieces to drop Sorry, uh, what are we looking at here? Just a line in general? Sorry, I kind of zoned out for a second. It's been a long six hours. And you've been, five, <laughs> been at this for five hours. That's completely understandable. I'm so tired. <laughs> oh, I, I'm a bit, I was a dummy, and I bought a new video game recently, and I just stayed up till about 2 a.m. playing it, and then forgetting <laughs> that we have a podcast at 9 a.m. You know, I have a one-year-old, and I got to go pick my two other kids up in about an hour here. I forgot. I'm a bad person. But anyway, <laughs> we're get a line or yes. Yes. Or, or whatever um, position you'd like to look at. You know what? Um no, you know what? I, I I'm I, there's a lot of receivers that seem to be unsigned, and I don't know, maybe that's just a position that will come later, like Bailey, Jordan, Walker, Adams, um, just to name some of them at the top, right? Uh, my boy uh Deron Carter, he's still unsigned. No, he, <laughs> you know, he, you know, to be all honest, he's probably, I could see him going the XFL, USFL. That's a guy for a year and then realizes he can't even play there. And then he'll maybe retire or go coach. Um, I don't even know if you want him as a coach, do you? Oh, I don't know. Well, anyway, 
tough to say. Yeah, tough to say. Yeah. But, uh, you know, like I think of those receivers, there's a lot of those guys who I wouldn't say they're number one guys, but they could definitely be two, three guys, depth guys, could be your number one guy for a game or two if there's injury still available, you know, guys to make make a difference. Shea Ross, is that not the dude that did a backflip while yep. lifting weights? How's he a free agent? Like, to me, that should just guarantee him a lifelong contract for something, you know? Like, <laughs> uh, man, just solely for the clicks. I mean, yeah, that's like, uh, that's worth the contract, yeah. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. So, you know, that's kind of where I'm looking at is when are these receivers going to start coming off? Probably, I think the market for receivers is just unreal right now. Guys getting two, three hundred thousand. If you look at the Blue Bombers, I know this. none of this stuff is technically public, but it's hard to imagine that the receiving core isn't close to a million, like with Dembski, Lawler. On its own, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, you know, yeah. and, and, and um, oh, who am I missing now? Schoen, well, Schoen's on the rookie deal, but he could get paid in a year or two whenever his contract's up. You know, Waller Tarski's probably getting decent dollars. Then the Bombers have three good, decent Canadian starters. Like, so like right there, they're paying a million and they pay over half a million to Caleros. Geez, you only got like what three? I'm bad at math here. I'm a writing major. Three, yeah. three million, three and a half million, whatever the salary cap is. We had a debate about it earlier today, what it actually is. So, you know, it's it, that's kind of where I'm probably why these guys aren't getting signed because they're thinking, well, I'm worth 300,000 if that guy is, but they're not, right? So they're going to sit and wait until training camp and then maybe not that long, but wait till the draft and here and there. And then these guys will start getting picked off one by one. And you have some of these guys that have had those big contracts in the past. Yeah. Like Darrell Walker was one of the highest paid receivers yeah. in the CFL, right? And so Kamar Jordan, you know, has historically in his career been one of the top receivers in the CFL. So you start looking at some of these guys of like, is it a bittersweet moment to you're still trying to hold on to those paychecks you made one day, but you're kind of on the decline a little bit? I mean, they're still very good receivers, right? But uh, where you're probably not hitting that top dollar anymore, but you may not just want to admit it, you know? Yeah, I, I agree with you. But the cup, there's a couple on there that you look and go, like Rashid Bailey, you'd think he would have landed somewhere um, after his last two years. Like that that one surprises me a little bit. Um, so does Richie Sandani, because he, you know, he has that big game for you as that second, third guy. So, those are ones that um, I'm a little surprised we haven't heard a little bit more about as of yet. To me, some of the interesting names here, I mean, the guys at the top of the list for sure, but like RJ Harris, former thousand yard receiver in Ottawa, ended up injured, kind of got, you know, shoved out by some of those other new options coming in for the Red Blacks. He only played five games last year. Could somebody take a shot at him on a bounce back year? Eric Rogers, uh, took the lead by storm, but just cannot stay healthy ever since he tried to go to the NFL. Only one game played for him last season. Does anybody look to try to bring bring him in uh, to, you know, and hope he stays healthy there? Lamar Durant, a similar option at Canadian, you know, when he was with Calgary and then went off to BC, one of the top Canadian receivers in the game, and now he goes over to Hamilton, hardly utilized in the 11 games he played there last season. So, I feel like that most positions, there seems to be some of these guys that are like, we know they're capable of playing at this upper echelon because we've seen it before. And they've either had those injuries or, you know, they had one down here. Now it's, okay, well, what are we going to get from them this year? And, you know, it's the CFL. It's, uh, you know, there's so much roster overhaul every season. If I, if I can make it work contract-wise, I don't necessarily have a 
problem taking a shot at one of these guys, knowing that, you know, most contracts aren't guaranteed. And if it doesn't work out, I can, uh, you know, I can bring them into camp and cut them. Uh, what do you guys think, uh, Trey? Oh man, it's getting hard to find this unmute button too. I'm losing my mind. Um, <laughs> dude, you're gonna have to re you're gonna have to refocus that because I was I was I I'm just fuming about the TSN thing where they tagged the wrong things. I don't know if like that. So I was kind of just looking at that. So oh yeah, TSN. Well, that, they, I missed that. Oh, so they they on their Twitter account and their Facebook they went and they tagged that it was a CFLPA taking over. Not the Montreal Alouettes, but the uh, their soccer team, whatever. Oh. CF Montreal. They made oh. two wrong tags in one Oops. post. Okay. And it's like it's just that. Thank you, TSN. This is why you shouldn't have just one brand or one company do it all. Um, it's and it, the fact it's been up for an hour and they can't edit it or delete it. Like you know what I mean? How do you not? Whatever. And this is why we're live for eight hours on CFL free agency. Yeah, that's what I mean. That was an excellent plug. That was really good. Yeah. And you know, I I hate, I mean, I do it a lot, but I always hate comparing it the CFL to the NFL because there are so many differences. But the NFL also has what five companies now that have broadcasting rights. If you count YouTube, Amazon, Fox, CBS, NBC, ESPN, sorry, six. You know what I mean? Like you got so many options but then in canada it's like now you just got tsn you know it's okay cool but um what was your question again if we're going to go back to what we're really talking about here just in general with the the lack of guaranteed contracts i know you can guarantee some of it now in the cfl when we're talking about these aging veterans or these guys Mm -hmm. that missed a lot of time due to injury Mm -hmm. it's kind of worth taking a chance on them at least in training camp early in the season if you find the right price see if they still have have it in them to to produce right you know i'm gonna i'm gonna look at this there was this problem in the mlb over the last few years too where these top not top top tier but that lower level guy who could give you production give you good innings out of the bullpen could come up in the clutch hit good guys over 30 weren't getting contracts right up until spring training or almost a regular season and again i think it's because we're hitting this time where the market is all over. And yes, I see what you're saying, but do these guys want to sign non-guaranteed contracts? Do these guys want to sign cheaper deals? Because Rasheed Bailey knows his worth. I'm sure Darvin Adams knows his worth. All these guys on this list, they have their own worth in their head. We have our own worth. You know what I mean? Would you, Oh, would we want to go work for whatever minimum wages when we know what our worth is? You know what I mean? Like, we all, everyone knows their worth and I think athletes have are some of the most proud people on the planet. Right. So I, I could, I see why these guys are unsigned. I don't, I don't know. I, I like, I agree. Um, I'm surprised Rashid Bailey's not signed. I thought that one would be coming in right at 11 kind of thing, if not already before the tampering window had ended. So I, I, I see what you're saying, Ryan. I just don't know who would take the deal off the top. 10 guys that are up on the list right now, you know? That's fair. Uh, I want to move to the defensive back position because Mike Graham mm. from Potsky Wee is in the YouTube chat here saying, uh, looks like the Ticats aren't planning on fielding a secondary this season. Bold move. <laughs> um, yeah, they've lost a couple pieces. I mean, Jamal Roll is gone. Siante Evans is gone. Cariel Brooks, they released him. He's gone off to Ottawa. 
Let's take a look at the options available at defensive back. There's still a couple of big names on the list. So, uh, you know, stay tuned, Mike. Maybe there's maybe there's some <laughs> signings coming if they have money left that they haven't spent on the D-line or on offense. Um, Andrew, what do you think of the names we see here at defensive back uh, still available? Anybody jump out to you that uh, a team like the Ticats may look to bring in? Uh, well, there was, there's a couple on there as, as you kind of look, um, you know, Brandon Dozier had a good season, uh, in Calgary last year. I thought that he, you know, mixed some things up when, when he was healthy, obviously, because he only played the seven games, but, uh, but I know that he did, uh, mix it up a bit. Now, if you scroll down just a wee bit on that list, there was like Greg Reed, how is he still available? <laughs> like, I, I mean, unless there's still an injury issue, because um, I know that he did obviously come off that massive injury in game one of last year, but like that guy's a monster. Um, so uh, that that one surprises me a little bit. I, I, I would think that you would see uh, somebody getting, getting on a guy like that. Um, other than that, like I, I kind of go through the list and I'm like, well, that's a name that I used to know. That's a name that I used to know. Like, you know, I I'm all of a sudden I feel like I'm going through a Godier song. But it's <laughs> um, but I I wonder if um now I mean there's Mike Jones the receiver and then there's Mike Jones the DB and as we say who but um maybe uh, you know may, maybe there's another guy that that uh, could find find a landing spot but other than that like the the field that you already talked about Jamal Roll is gone Siante Evans is gone um like some of those those bigger guys are already off the table so so well, I think, now I think what, right I think these guys are Jamal Roll we had going over to was it Montreal Montreal I, I believe. believe yeah uh, so I, I thought guess- that was official maybe not but I thought it was let me refresh the free agent tracker here and take a look. Jamal Roll is now off the board. There we go. There we go. Yep. To, uh, refresh that. Um, so, yes, he has gone. Siante Evans still out there on the board. Uh, I think one of the big talking points in general today uh, with free agency is everything the Hamilton Tiger Cats are doing. They they landed the big fish at quarterback and Bowie by Mitchell. They've been making all the moves uh, to, you know, try to set him up for success there. Uh, what do you think, Andrew, on what uh, Hamilton's done so far today to try to end that great cup drought at home? <sighs> it's a tough one. Um, yes, they've made some upgrades on their offense. I mean, when in control, Duke Williams is a great receiver. Um, he He's going to cost you a penalty or two during the season, so you got to be aware of that. Uh, but he can absolutely produce when when he has the time um you know they they've done some good things along their defensive line we talked about Kwaku earlier uh bringing in Jagera Davis so that means they're going to the Grey Cup right it doesn't mean they'll yeah. win it but it means they're going there all you um, gotta do is get there and then that's right yeah maybe that's why they don't need a secondary they have Jagera Davis so that's fine don't worry we'll get there we're gonna get to the Grey Cup it's perfect um so I, I mean that's good I'm I'm not sold on them putting it all under bow. And I mean, and, and trust me, I've seen a lot of bow. <laughs> I, I hate him, but you know, no, I, I just, I, I've seen more than enough of what he can do that is good. But I, I've also seen in the past few years, ever since that shoulder surgery, that he's, he's not the same bow. Now, with the offensive line the way it is, 
Um, you know, he, he is that guy that can go one, two and throw the ball and get it out of there, which is great. Um, and he's got some receivers that can absolutely, you know, um, pick up that ball as it's coming out of there. I, I just don't, I just don't know that he's going to be able to a play a full season and, and B have a ton of success. So, so I, I don't know if they've, they've put all their chips into a different spot that I'm not sure is the greatest. Um, I do like the fact they're bringing in Butler. Um, if, you know, Tommy Condell decides to actually use a running game, then great. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I just saw Mike's comment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and it, we'd probably say the same thing if he was coming up here, right? It'd be like, oh, I hate Bo. Well, you know, he's not so bad once he's playing in your team colors. Um, but um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't, I'm not convinced that that's as huge a move as some people are making it out to be. Let's just put it that way for, for Bo. Now they have, they've made some other great moves. Like I said, I like Butler. I like Thurman. That's a great pickup on, uh, in your uh, um, linebacking core. Have they improved everywhere? Oh, I, I I don't know that I completely agree with that. Do you th do I think they'll be better than they were last year? Yes. Do I think it's enough to absolutely get them there? I'm not sure yet, but they're going to have a scary defensive line. That's for sure. Uh, we've got another big signing coming in here. A guy you were just talking about on the offensive line is potential option for the Elks. Yeah, he looks like he's off the board. Uh, Farhan Lalji reporting Darius Siraco signing with the Toronto Argonauts. So, they lose okay. Justin Lawrence over to the Montreal Alouettes. Yeah, I think that's another big piece coming in for the Argos on the O-line there. Uh, so take him off the board at the offensive line position. Uh, what are you looking forward? Uh, we we kind of, you know, we're running out of time here with you, Andrew. I see we have our next guest waiting in the wing. We'll bring him in shortly. Okay. Um, we've got, you know, a... Uh, we talked about what you're looking for from the Elks going forward here. What across the CFL, what's the major thing you're watching uh, still to fall here with free agency over the next couple of days? I think the big thing is, uh, well, there, there's three things that I can think of. The first thing, and everybody is talking about it, obviously, is what happens in Montreal, right? What they are signing some people now, which is great. We hadn't heard very much over the last couple of weeks, but how does that continue to play out with the CFL having to take the make the announcement of taking over this morning? And, and how does that play out for both the team and their fan base? Like, I think you want to see some signings so that the fan base is still excited to come, but they, they lost a lot too. So how is that going to play out? I, I'm curious to see how that goes. Um, I'm curious to see what happens in Calgary uh, just because again, they have had some guys move out. They've brought in some pieces for sure. And Dickinson is always good at making the team play well. So I'm not, you know, I'm not obviously discounting them by any stretch of the imagination. I also know who the guest is in the wing who is going to agree with me, but well, I do. Well, let's, let's just bring them in here because I sure. think uh, having the two of you interact will be the entertainment for the afternoon. Uh, it's, the great Ryan Valentine. There he is. CFL Horseman Radio is joining us here uh, live from Sequester for Big Brother Canada 11, right? <laughs> if I was, I wouldn't be allowed to tell you. Yes. I can assure you that they did not allow me that many monopolies in support. <laughs> no. You know. It's fair. It's fair. Um, 
anyway, I, 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 I'm curious, Ryan, actually on your take on, on what Calgary has done. And I, I'm going to listen to that in a second, but I, I think that's a team that I'm kind of watching to see what happens there. Um, and then the last one that I'm, that I'm, I'm watching more. So I guess is that I really like some of the stuff that Ottawa has done so far and what they've done to try and improve their game. So um, those are the three spots that I'm kind of focused in to see, okay, what else happens with those, those teams over free agency and then what their fan base reaction is to it. So, but Ryan, what do you think of Calgary so far? Cause I want to know what, what you're thinking. Well, we'll get, well, get his take on Calgary here in just a second. Uh, I do. I know Trey. You have to run right away, right? Uh, I want to listen to Ryan for about five minutes, and then I can go. <laughs> okay, that's about <laughs> all. That's about all people can normally listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, the last season of Big Brother Canada I watched was your season, so thank you for that. So, well, I, I mean, I appreciate it, but you should get back and watch season ten. It was phenomenal. It was. It was. Oh, man, yeah. I, I love the drama, but yeah. I only also like when there's Mike somebody I know there. Well. When I know somebody, I watch it. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, Mike. Um, hey, guys. I go away for a few hours, and it seems like a lot happens. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how are we doing? We're doing good. Everybody's good. A uh, busy day so far. Um, let's talk about the big uh, – the big you know calgary sam peters what they've been up to today because that's what andrew wants to know so uh ryan take us away with what you've heard so far today well free agency day is is a lot in calgary um you know in camp if you're a, a fan of the bible uh that's the the book of genesis that's where we uh where god makes the team and and he could and he creates it in six days and then all of a sudden uh they you know and it was good uh, and God looks down upon it, and it is good. Uh, free agency day is when we move to the next book of the Bible, and that's Exodus. That's where we see all the players of talent leave uh, leave Calgary for uh, other locations and and bigger paychecks, and head the way of the Torontos. Um, and you're welcome for the Great Cup, uh, you know, Toronto fans. Uh, I hope you appreciate what Calgary was able to do for you in getting you that Great Cup. Um, I, I also, you know, I, you, you see them going to Hamilton. There's a lot of guys going to Hamilton this year. Uh, pretty much what, what the Stampeders do is they act, you, you know, like the, they say like the AHL is the feeder league for the NHL. The Stampeders are the feeder league for the CFL. What we do is we bring in all the talent, then we spread it out over all the teams to make everybody better and make our game more effective uh, and, and more beautiful to watch. So, uh to everybody out there in the CFL, I, I just want to say you're welcome and uh, enjoy your new Thurmans or Oramalades, or I hear Javine Elliott's going to be gone next. Um, I, I just want you to appreciate what you're getting uh, because uh, uh, Calgary is the gift that keeps on giving on free agency day. Wow. Just as a quick follow-up, if I can, God, that might have been the most. How do you really- follow that? ever to an, a podcast appearance so well done um <laughs> ryan how do things change now that dave dickinson is in the chair do they change anything do they change a little bit do they change at all as far as roster construction well, as far as roster construction goes, I don't know that they changed that much. I mean, the you know, Huff is still here as the president. Uh, he even said on the day that he handed over the general manager duties to Dave, I'm still the guy that has to sign all the checks. 
So, you know, the general manager doesn't get complete um, autonomy uh, to uh, to get out there and get things done. And I don't think they do in, in hardly any city. You still need the president of the team to finally sign off on things. So Dave is doing a little bit of negotiating now. I have heard um, colloquially through sources that there are players who believe that Dave is focused on the offense first here and not necessarily as focused on the defense from a financial commitment standpoint. And that comes from him being a quarterback. He was the O coordinator. He, you know, so he focuses, I don't want to say on his guys first because they're all his guys as the head coach, but as the guy that runs a lot of the offense, he focuses maybe a little more of the dollars on the offensive side of the ball than on the defensive side of the ball. I think some of that comes from the success though, of the team of finding defensive stalwarts, you know, they, they keep bringing up guys that, you know, they're, they're DBs that are, you know, amazing for a year or two here before going on to find another home. And, uh, um, you know, the success of the American scouting team is, is probably why that's allowed to happen. Well, I'll keep talking Stampeders here in a second, but I know we got to let some of our folks go here. So, uh, Andrew, you've joined us for the past hour to talk everything else and around the CFL. We appreciate you making time for us here today. Uh, where can people find your podcast and everything else you've got going on these days? Yeah, well, thanks for having me. And I'm, I'm always glad to overlap with Ryan and get a few laughs. I enjoy that. Uh... Uh, that Bible one is, is pretty good. I'll give you that. That's that pretty good reference. Um, yeah, you can find the Turf District uh, everywhere you find your podcasts, but uh, you can find us on our YouTube channel, uh, usually on Tuesday nights. Uh, up, coming up to the season, we're just kind of once a month, but then we'll be weekly as the season goes. Uh, we do record live, and you can join in the chat just like you can here and uh, chat with us about what's going on with the Elks and the CFL. And uh, we'll have lots of fun over there. And we should have... Um, uh, a couple of shows here coming up. We'll, our big free agency show will actually be next week. So we give a, a little time for things to settle and hoping that we get one of those uh, free agents that we just signed on the show to chat with us. Ooh. So, yeah. So that's a little teaser for next week. Well, make sure you check that out, everybody. And uh, thanks again, Andrew, for joining us here today. Enjoy the rest of the day. Enjoy the rest of CFL free agency and all the fun to come. Thanks, you guys, too. And thanks again for having me. As we say. And is is he he's he's tolerable after it'll be fine. It's always worth a laugh. <laughs> Don't get him started Just, talking about Marvel Snap though, because you'll it'll never end. It'll I never was about to say, Andrew, if you want to go back to plotting the demise of Superman, you can. I'm going to work. I'm going to work on that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, as soon as you're done, you're going out to chop more wood, right? Is that what it well, is? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Trey's going to get started first, but I'm oh, going to join you. I'm glad you guys have a plan. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I should have just booked you two for an overlapping segment in the rest of us and walk out of the studio. Next year, we're on. Yeah, you can have your bathroom breaks, and Ryan and I will just carry on. Yeah, it'll just yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah, we're we'll on. Take it. a nap or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Andrew, we'll let you go here. And uh, Trey, I know you got to run here as well, right? Screw the kids. Screw the kids. They can walk home. I got a couple more minutes, man. It's okay. Like, I, 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 it's fine. I can't. It's good. I, I, I really am interested to hear what Ryan has to say about the Stampeders. No, all right. I'm good for a little bit. I'm good for a little bit. I'll just I'll go, and then I'll just go black. It's fine. Everyone knows where they can find me. Nobody cares. So it's fine. <laughs>
five and a half hours into this. You have to where... have the two gingers with the big beards, and you have. Yeah, to have I mean, we're we're missing right. Josh Smith. That's who we're missing. Yeah. I think you put Josh Smith in a window, and all of a sudden there would be very much confusion as to what had happened to get us all in the same place at the same time. Oh, I love it. I love it. The jokes keep uh, keep the day moving along when we're five and a half hours into this and overtired and uh, having fun, though. It's been a lot of fun, a lot of great content, uh, a lot of great things to talk about around the CFL. Great comments in our live chat joining us here as well. So uh, let's pull up the Calgary Stampeders on the free agent tracker. I just finished fixing a bug with it that somehow put Craig Ellingson on the team that when that did not actually happen. So... I mean, you know. I, I wouldn't be upset about it. Oh, look at that. I, I talked about JV and Elliot like, what, three minutes ago, and now it's officially announced? Yeah, JV so and Elliot to Hamilton? That Hamilton Tiger Cats, so we'll add that to the free agent tracker here in a second. But uh, let's talk Stampeders. They're generally quiet on free agency day. Not very many additions. Uh, the biggest one, really, uh, since the 2022 season is Julian Housero on the defensive line there. Uh, what does he bring to the Stampeders uh, this upcoming year? Well, after losing Falernor Malade, um, obviously you wanted, you needed someone to replace him. Uh, the thought was that the team had gone with James Vodders, uh, returning from the NFL um, in that spot uh, for Ora Malade. Um, from you know, I, I know there's bigger numbers getting thrown around here uh, right now, but if I'm not mistaken, Ora Malade is currently the highest paid uh, defensive end in the league. Um, and that's not going to happen if you're in Calgary. It's been a long time philosophy here that if you want to be the highest paid in the league at your position, you're going to end up getting that money somewhere else um, because the stamps want to spread the money around a little bit. Um, so when you look at the D line, Hauser was an all-star last year um, coming in, I, I believe, um, he had, uh, he had, as you can see there, 30 tackles, uh, two interceptions and seven sacks. When you take those in numbers and you put them right against Ora Malade, um, head to head, uh, they're, they're pretty similar. Um, Ora Malade had similar numbers last year. I believe he had a touchdown, um, off an interception of Nathan Rourke. Uh, but he was in that gut, that kind of seven, eight sack range as well. Um, for tackles, uh, the, the numbers are close. So, Calgary is, is just effectively trying to replace a guy with, with um, similar statistics um, and, and get him in for a cheaper price. Um, and with Hauser and, 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 um, and uh, Mike Rose and, and those guys, and, and you got Vodders on the other side, this could be a very dangerous defensive line here in Calgary. Calgary, most of the last 10 to 12 years have – um, led the league in sacks. Um, and so it wouldn't surprise me to see them do the same uh, with the defensive scheme that they have here. It does kind of allow for um, D linemen to pin their ears back a little more than, uh, than some other clubs permit. Yeah, they've, uh, you know, they've got a couple pieces going out at the defensive line. Arimilade, you talked about him. Sean Lemon's still out there on the free agent list. You know, he's the biggest uh, name left there with 14 sacks last season. Seems he's due for a pay raise there as well. Uh, how close is he to completing the bingo card? Anybody know? He's got to be real close. 
Uh, if I if I did my math correctly, he's he's an interesting case because of course he's played for a ton of teams, but he's played for a bunch of them multiple times. So I think he's still missing a couple different squads from his his bingo card. But um, I think if you look at just his CFL career, he's packed his locker eleven times in his CFL career. Now he's gone to Toronto, I think three times or four times. He was in BC two or three times. He was in Saskatchewan twice. So he's been in a lot of places, but he's never um, been there long. I think in, in, uh, um, in Toronto was his longest stint was 33, 33 consecutive games or 33 games over the course of three seasons. And that is as long as he's ever played in a place and with a guy over 100 games, that's kind of a surprise that the guy continues to be this effective. He continues to be this productive. And yet, here we are, the guy that was the Western MODP nominee still can't get much in the way of traction. You're not even hearing other people say, oh, yeah, this team's in on Sean Lemon or that team's in on Sean Lemon. I think that uh, it's not. You know, you've got him on subtractions, and I think he wanted to go to free agency. I don't know that he doesn't still wind up here on, you know, maybe not as friendly a a deal as he got last year because he was only playing for, I think, 75 last year. Um, So it definitely won't be that team-friendly a deal, but he'll be on a a relatively team-friendly deal, I think, wherever he lands just because of his age. You know, 34 years old isn't the time where guys sign – big money contracts gms are afraid of of guys you know as they push that uh, that number back which is crazy but i mean i get it to some extent but crazy when you see how productive he was still supposed to be was able to be last season uh at the age he was at there but still uh you know solid pieces on the defensive line even though missing some of these other pieces here uh Trey, what do you think of the the Stampeders? They haven't done much so far. How are you feeling about the team coming into next year at this point? Bowie by Mitchell out, Jake Mayer, the starter uh, on offense there. You know, some changing the guard with guys like Kamar Jordan likely on the way out. Uh, how are you feeling about the Stampeders? I never want to bet against them still, and it's 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 turning into the, like I, I think I've said 10 times, at least if not more, it's Brady Belichick. What's going to happen in Calgary, right? Was it Bo that did it all? Was it the the whole organization that did it all. And I think we'll find out, but uh, I guess that's my question for Ryan. What Bible reference do you have for Bo going to <laughs> Hamilton, you know, and, and how do you think that's going to be the, you know, post Bo era in, in Calgary? Do you think, I don't know how much NFL do you watch you guys going to be better than the Pats were after Tom Brady left probably, but you know, how much better? Uh, I mean, I, I think they'll, they'll definitely be better than the Pats were after Brady left. Uh, I think that was a, um, I think they, they didn't win many games out there, um, if I remember correctly. Eight, but, eight or somewhere, six and eight, nine. Yeah, I think, I mean, the idea that, that Hamilton has brought Methuselah into the into the, the fold there, no, I won't say that about Bo. That's, that's unkind. Um, Bo is still an incredible quarterback. I don't know whether, you know, a three-year contract seemed like a lot to me. Um, I, I figured Bo, um, you know, in, in maybe a two-year you know, incentive laden contract, you know, there's a reason he was replaced in Calgary. You know, the, the targets weren't on the, the aim wasn't quite there in the early going. And, and now granted they did have to find 
you know, other spots for receivers and they had a lot of turnover and everything else. But at the end of the day, I think, I think Bo uh, may be doing able to do well in Hamilton. They've certainly got him some weapons. Um, they've got some other weapons today. I mean, they're spending like crazy. Um, you know, can Bo do well there? I think so. And I mean, as far as, as can Calgary succeed without Bo, I mean, Henry Burris, Drew Tate, Kevin Glenn, Bo Levi Mitchell would all tell you, yes, you know, they've all been over 500 here with the Calgary coaching staff. Um, and, and so, so was Jake last year. Jake was well over 500 last year as a starter. So I don't see there being a problem in that transition. Um, you know, it, it's Calgary did change their offense to be a little less home run than it was under Bo Mitchell. You know, it was always 30 yards, 40 yards downfield with Bo. Um, and under, under them, they went under a, a much kind of smaller, um, you know, seven, eight yard at a time dink and dunk down the field. But Calgary still scored more points than any other team last year. You know, so and that was changing quarterbacks. Find me a team that benched their starter and still led the league in points. I mean, that's that's the threshold for success in Calgary is you have to be not just better than everybody else. You also have to be the best. <laughs> I mean, uh, you make some excellent points there. All right, Trey, you should go pick the kids up from school. Yep. Make sure they're not late. Where can people find you on social media if they do want to see your takes on things? At Trey MB Harness on Twitter. Um, if you want to learn about annoying horse racing stuff or football or foot bombers or whatever, just find me there on Twitter, man. At Trey MB Harness. Sounds good. Uh, a great five hours and 45 minutes. You, you have stuck here through it all. Uh, appreciate you, Trey. Enjoy the I'll rest of the day. I'll probably be back. I'll probably be back. Uh, <laughs> uh, the kids will annoy me and I'll just log back on. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, we'll see you in a little while then. Thanks, Trey. All right, as uh, we're in here, Mike and Ryan and Ryan, uh, it's Mike's in the middle. It's like a yeah. Mike sandwich on rye or in something like that. I don't know. On Let's not here. think about the image right no. there. No, no. That's, that's, that's just, you know, go with what we're... <laughs> Let's just um, move on. Yeah. <laughs> right, if I can, I have a question for you. And that's in regards to the quarterback switch, uh, bow to. Jake Mayer, are you surprised that maybe they didn't, maybe it's still to come, but are you surprised that they haven't brought in a kind of an insurance policy for Jake Mayer? Because it is a big step back up to starter. There, there could be hiccups. Because right now they have Tommy Stevens and, and another quarterback under contract. Are you as a fan comfortable with that arrangement or would you like to see kind of a, a 1A, 1B type of scenario? Because like people might say from a distance, okay, yeah, Jake Mayer had a great season last last year, but he had Bo Levi Mitchell on the bench to take over if there was a little bit of a hiccup. Now, I'd imagine Jake Mayer to Tommy Stevens is a little bit more of a drop-off from what we know anyway. Uh, maybe they're higher on Tommy Stevens and they know a lot about Tommy Stevens that, you know, that we know, or at least that we see here. I'm just wondering, is that a concern for you? I mean, obviously, I think it's a concern as Tommy Stevens hasn't really had any, um, you know, he's had moments 
within the within his time here where he's had a chance to kind of get out there, but his game seems primarily in the rush game. You haven't seen many pass attempts from uh, Tommy Stevens over, over his time here so far. But again, I think if there's a, a room that you want to be in as a quarterback in the CFL, it's here. Uh, I think between, um, you know, Bo Levi Mitchell last year in combination with, with Dave Dickinson and, and Huffnagel still around, these guys have done wonders with quarterbacks over the years. Um, you know, and, and if Jake gets hurt, I think you might be able to see a trigger pulling move from uh, the Stampeders. I'd be curious to see what the market is for Dane Evans. If, yeah. if, and when he shakes loose out of Hamilton, because I believe he will shake loose. It's just a matter of, of do they have a dance partner or not um, in, in the Dane Evans sweepstakes um, as a backup. I mean, I, I, you know, who knows what Chase Litton can bring too. I, I know Dave uh, mentioned him, Dickinson mentioned him at the press conference last week as being very high on his capability and his potential. And he said, two years ago, if I had said Jake Mayer was going to be the backup, everyone would have said, well, don't you want an experienced backup? And now we've committed to making him the starter. So, you know, it's it's about finding talent from within, which is what Calgary's done almost you know, the, as long as Huff's been here. Just one more for me, and then I'll I'll pass it over to Ryan. Uh, when I put, if I were to put you in John Hafnado and Dave Dickinson's office, and say, Ryan, here's the roster. Is there one area of concern for you? My big area of concern heading into free agency was the receiver spot. Um, I, I think, you know, Malik Henry and Reggie Bagleton are both great. Um, Jalen Philpot is, you know, a heck of a receiver, but my, my issue with Philpot is I would have said that about Juwan Breskison. I would have said that about Lamar Durant. I would have said that about Anthony Parker going back. All of these guys had good rookie years to give you an indication that they were going to be great. Um, and then they just kind of panned out to average Canadian receivers. Um, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to kind of put a crown on, on Jalen's Philpott's head as much as he looked good last year. I think there might be some more steps to take. So for me, I would want Jake Mayer to have a legitimate downfield wide side target to be able to throw to who will high point the ball and come down with it more often than not. You know, I, I said before free agency, if I were the Stamps, I would have been all in on Geno Lewis or Kenny Lawler. Now, for the money they got, no, thank you. <laughs> Turns out I'm not that interested. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'm interested in Geno Lewis, certainly at 250 or 260, uh, a lot more than I am at, at 330. So I think in, in those kind of scenarios, I'd like to see another receiver. They did sign a receiver here um, in the offseason, Tommy Lee Lewis. And I know the team is very high on Tommy Lee Lewis, um, former NFLer, regular contributor uh, in a high-paced offense um, when he was down in the NFL. So I think they're hoping that he can be the standout breakout talent for the team this year. Uh, and, and you know, with, with Philpott handling most of the return game, if you can get Tommy Lee Lewis to be – 
any kind of regular contributor to the offense, I think the Stamps will be in a good place. But I think that third money receiver is what they're missing uh, right now. And they, they've got Malik Henry, they've got Reggie Bagleton, and I think they need that extra target. Because when you look across the West, I mean, almost every team seems like they have a deeper, um, you know, they have a, a deeper uh, wide receiver kind of grouping than, than Calgary does. Um, but that's, you know, flip that with Calgary's got the best three running backs in the West. Uh, and, and I would, I would, I would say that without any hesitation, I don't know that any teams, I don't like any team's starter more than I like the third string running back in Calgary. That's some high praise. I, I think they've earned it. I, I think when you look at, when you look at what you've got from, uh, when you look at what you've got in Kadeem Carey, uh, you've also got um uh, Diedrich Mills and Peyton Logan I mean all of them had phenomenal stats when you when you game that out they were absolutely great in any occasion all three of them were capable of of doing damage um whenever they got their their hand on the ball uh you know Kadeem Carey is is the best running back in the league um for my money and and Diedrich Mills just needs the chance I mean the only reason Mills isn't playing is because Logan is also handling some of the return duties. But if Mills were on the roster too, I mean, that guy, you know, I, I don't know if you guys have watched The Boys on Amazon Prime, um, but there's a scene. So they're all superheroes. It's a superhero show. And in one of the opening scenes of the of the series, uh, the guy with super speed runs through someone and there's just a blood mist left behind because he's going so fast. Fantastic series if you're into that kind of like, Oh, what would it be if superheroes were adult themed? Uh, this is your show. Um, but there's just this blood mist behind. That's what Diedrich Mills feels like to me. When he hits guys, they disappear. They don't, it's not, you know, and he seeks out contact too. He looks for guys to run through and guys to run over. And then you have Kadeem Carey and Peyton Logan who can make anybody miss on their good days. Um, I think anybody in the league would be uh, thrilled to have any of those three as their starter. Um, coming into the season with so much depth at the position you know we really don't see trades too often in the CFL but you look at the running back market out there and you look at a team like the BC Lions that are kind of left without a whole lot uh, after James Butler is going over to Hamilton like is that a situation where if you're Calgary you see you have these three guys and maybe you're you know seeing what you could get back for a guy like Diedrich Mills or Peyton Logan knowing you have the other behind Kadeem Carey there still? I think if they wanted to shop Diedrich Mills they certainly could. Um but Kadeem Carey to his credit he played 14 games last year, um was relatively healthy throughout. Um but on the flip side, you know, he only played 14 games last year. And, and he's since coming to Calgary, that's the most games he's played in a season. So do you, do you risk losing the power running game that you've got by letting that guy go, especially when Mills and Logan are still on rookie deals, you know, they're still going to be incredibly team friendly contracts, incredibly productive for what they're, what they cost you. So at that point, I don't think that there's any reason to trade either of those guys. If one of those guys gets traded, I think, Either A, something bad happens somewhere else on the roster and you need to find value, 
um, and bring in somebody with a bigger name uh, or B we've gotten to the end of the season. I don't know that all three of these guys are still stampeders on free agency day next year, because you can see uh, from our handy dandy chart here that all three of their contracts expire after this season. So I would expect that much like Bo Levi Mitchell was dealt in the off season to Hamilton, that one of these running backs likely gets dealt for some sort of pick um, in, uh, in the off season next year. Let's go back to looking at the Stampeders roster overall. We've talked about the few pieces they've added here already. Uh, guys they've re-signed. I mean, they did bring back Kadeem Carey on a restructured contract for this year. I think he was already under contract. They may have just restructured it. Yeah, if, I remember yeah, if, if they if he did um, if he did change his number, it was a restructure. He was under contract. This yeah. Year. Uh, Jake Mayer signed to that two-year contract extension through 2024 uh, at wide receiver. I mean, you get Bagleton back as the big one uh, through 2024, two more years of him. Uh, do you know what the numbers were on Bagleton's deal? I know last free agency was somewhere pretty cheap. They brought him in at like 175 uh, when we were seeing contracts of 300. Do we know where he's at currently? Is he still on that lowered end If contract? I'm not mistaken, and I can't, you know, I, I don't know for sure. Um, my impression from what I've been told is that he's still under 200. That's pretty good. Um, and, and again, when you look at, when you look around, I mean, you know, if, if Begleton can come back to being what he was two years ago when he came back or what he was before going to the NFL, I mean, that, that's a spectacular, um, a spectacular player. Now, and, and that's to say something, when you're looking again at 957 yards receiving six touchdowns to go, well, yeah, but you know, <laughs> that, that shows you what you think Reggie Bagleton is capable of. Um, I know Hoffnagel in the year end uh, conversation did say that they did not, he did not feel that Bagleton was um, involved in the offense nearly enough. Um, and that could uh, move down as a, as something that they, they choose to, to fix in the future. They had the best offensive line in the CFL last season. I think it was only 13 sacks, 17 sacks, something like that, given up far fewer than anybody else around the CFL. Yes. Looks like they brought back, you know, a number of their major pieces here. Zach Williams, Derek Dennis, Sean McEwen. How made? How huge is that to be able to bring a lot of these guys back at the position? I mean, when, you're, when you've are when you got a, a rookie starter, as Jake Mayer was last year, and coming into a, a sophomore year as a starter, the more protection you can get, the better. Um, it wasn't just protecting him. It uh, wasn't just protecting Mayer either. I mean, they were opening massive holes for these running backs to get through as well. Um, the Stampeders do have the best offensive line in football uh, right now, or in Canadian football. Um, but uh, um, they do have the best offensive line in the league. And, and should they stay healthy, uh, there's no reason to believe they won't be successful again. I think Derek Dennis going down cost them in the playoffs last year um, because uh, you, you lost that security of a guy that was just giving up nothing um, on that side. So uh, Julian Good Jones going to the NFL also hurts. Um, but I, I believe that the Stamps believe that their O-line is still in a good place. On the defensive side of the ball, I mean, James Vodders uh, being brought back here uh, after a stint in the NFL there, that's a huge addition on that D-line. And I think we talked a little bit about that before. K-1 
Cam Judge had such a fantastic season at the linebacker position. Canadian linebacker, 78 tackles, five sacks, interceptions, fumble recoveries. I mean, he did everything last season. That, to me, probably stands out as one of the biggest. And then you see the defensive back, you know, Brad Muhammad, Nick Stats, Jonathan Moxie. Uh, who do you stands out the most on the defensive side as guys they were able to lock up? Because, uh, you know, I feel like with Calgary, more than not, we always talk about the pieces they've lost. But uh, to their credit, they managed to bring a lot of them back. Yeah, it's, I mean, Calgary Calgary plays two games. Uh, they they play re-sign and wave goodbye. Uh, you know, they don't really – the idea that they signed Hauser today is is crazy to me. Like, the idea that they got a day one free agent is is such a surprise um, I've had the PR team from the stamps on my podcast um, collectively on day one of free agency because they knew that they weren't signing anybody. Um, so I, you know, the idea that you bring back Cam Judge, uh, that that's huge for this team. He's a ratio breaker in the middle um, of, of that defense. Uh, you've got Titus Wall, uh, who is still under his rookie contract. He's going to be a big piece. And, and again, you're getting him back after he came out of the lineup injured uh, last year and, and was maybe on his way to battling Dalton Schoen for that rookie of the year uh, title um, uh, with Titus. Um, you know, the, the question is, is Silas Stewart the replacement for Jameer Thurman or is there going to be more? I have seen Farhan Lalji today um, saying that uh, he hears that the Stampeders are in on Darnell Sankey. Um, if you can get Darnell Sankey back at a reasonable contract, I think you're doing very well if you're the Calgary Stampeders because Wall and Judge are so good in coverage that you can then have Sankey just stack the box and take care of the run game. So um, they're, they're looking very dangerous still in the linebacking core. With respect to Jameer Thurman, who's a hell of a player, and everyone he plays next to that we've talked to talks about how much better a player they are as a result of him um, as a result of, of playing with him. So I think the people in Hamilton will be very uh, happy with with what they're going to get out of Jameer Thurman. Um, Frazier Sopic is gone? He's a pending free agent. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. I'm on the, subtraction, <laughs> on the subtractions tab now. I saw it under subtractions. I was like, what did I miss and why? Ah, um, at one time... Uh, in uh, before the draft uh, where Sopic was drafted in that uh, that 2019 draft, um, uh, we had uh, Brent Monson on at the time, and he said that Sopic was the only linebacker in that entire draft that they were interested in. Um, so uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see Frazier Sopic come back. A lot of these guys that that get to free agency with Calgary still, you know, they circle for a couple of days. They see what deals are out there. And then they decide is worth is leaving Calgary worth five grand or ten grand. Sometimes it's not for these guys. You know that it's easier to stay where you are, and not have to move, not have to do all of that stuff. So some of these subtractions that are on this list, I think we could still see come back into the fold here in Calgary. Yeah, and that that's the thing with these guys as free agents. As as of right now, they're subtractions because they're not yeah. under contract, but they may end up under the re-sign tab. Uh, I know we've got you here till about 3.30 Central. Uh, we want to get your takes on some of the things around the CFL. Before we do that, because we're at the top of the hour, we're going to take a quick reset uh, for two minutes here uh, in a second. But uh, as we wrap up talking about the Stampeders specifically here, you, you say they're going to go 18-0 and every preseason. 
are they there with the current roster or what needs to be done over the coming days, weeks, months for by Dave Dickinson to get to that 18 and 0? I don't know if you're familiar with the, uh, the Ditka boys uh, on SNL, the old sketch with Mike Myers and, and those guys having heart attacks or is that, I don't know if I'm aging myself there, but um, uh, they, they used to say things like, okay, let's put the, uh, the, you know, 72 dolphins against just uh, Mike Ditka on the field by himself, but he's been miniaturized and he's only two inches tall. Who's going to win? And they're like, well, mini Ditka, mini Ditka will win. That's how I'm going to feel about the Stampeders. Every week I go into the week thinking they're going to win. I think they've got as good a chance as anybody else with the run game they've got, the offensive line they've got. You know, if the receivers develop, um, I don't see any reason why they lose any game any week. I, I just don't. I think they're they're as good and as deep a team as any other. And uh, I know that will frost some Bomber fans in the chat. Uh, I believe I, I already saw a Calgary is best at everything except winning the West. Um I appreciate uh, Bomber fans just trying to ride high and mighty uh, through this time. But, uh, you know, that that four years ago time machine that they could get into and realize how bleak it's been, um, you know, they're they're on a nice turnaround. And, and come back to me when you've been at the top of the division for a decade or so. Uh, and then you can talk to me about how, how much better your team is than Calgary. Can I can I ask you a question, Ryan, off of a follow up on that, sure. and not not just 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 because I'm I'm generally curious uh, since we in Winnipeg are not used to being kind of at the top of a division, uh, three straight Grey Cup uh, finals appearances, two championships, etc. But what just keep listing it, Mike. <laughs> yeah, but what are some of the cautionary tales that you could? kind of sh- not sure but like Calgary has been at the top of the division but they've also undergone a lot of change during their recent run of success what are some things in your mind that Calgary has been able to do so well to maintain that run of success even though it's kind of been you know the last couple of years a, a step back by Calgary standards and maybe what can teams like the Bombers guard against to prevent that from happening in your experience? Because it's been a truly dominated run for the Stamps and the last couple of years it's kind of been a step back by their standards. I'm just wondering what do you see as sort of things to guard against, right? Because we see the Bombers attempting to try to run it back with the same group hoping that you know they don't all age at the same time, and you have this tremendous drop-off. In your experience, what's been able to make that run of, you know, the last decade, like you speak about, so consistent despite the turnover? And what lessons could a team like Winnipeg learn from that? Well, I think I think Winnipeg's doing a pretty good job of having learned that lesson, but they do still have a lot of very team-friendly contracts and guys performing in those rookie contracts. I think, you know, it's Dalton Schoen's up at the end of this year, if I'm not mistaken. He's not going to be there next year, or Kenny Lawler's not going to be there next year. One of those two guys will be gone. And you have to accept the idea that those guys will be gone. Calgary turns over, give her anywhere between kind of 25 to 35% of its roster every season. And, And so guys 
guys don't have long careers as stampeders. Those guys are very few and far between. So what Calgary's been very good at is scouting and getting guys under team-friendly deals so that the guys who are here for a long time can afford, they can afford to pay them. Um, you know, it, it, would I be, it, it's, it's very, it's a very interesting game you have to play because now do you say, you know, with Zach Caleros, he's making what, 550 something? Yep. He's, he's, you know, and, and now you got Kenny Lawler making 300 something. So are you looking at those two guys and saying, okay, is Kenny Lawler worth uh, a Jake Mayer, Reggie Bagleton, and Cameron Judge? Because those three guys are making less than your two, right? So yeah, that's, sometimes that's... you can't be getting the flashiest guys right. and having guys be the highest paid because right. eventually that's what, it'll run out. That, that's to me, Ryan, what makes this Kenny Lawler deal such an eye popper for me, like. I, if you would ask, told me last week, Kenny Law was coming to bomb it. I said, "Where would you get the money from?" Yeah, but I'm just as surprised as everybody else. I honestly, I didn't even think we needed Kenny Law, but that, that that's a great example in that, and I think that's just the scouting aspect of a lot of what Calgary does so well. And you know, the record that they had last year that if that's your step back, that's that's pretty remarkable. Well, yeah, the idea that the idea that Calgary's version of a failure is that we didn't make the West Final for three seasons um, or two seasons. That's not that's not so bad. You know, like I, 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 I always, you know, I, I sometimes feel like you have to measure things when you're talking to fans from other teams. You can't be like, oh, hey, you know, Red Blacks fan. I'm feeling really bad about my team because they're only making the playoffs every year and they're not getting wins. You know, and and that is something from Calgary's perspective that's not really acceptable either. You know, they know they know that it's not acceptable to to make the West semifinal and not win, or to not host the West final. You know, they're they're well aware of it. Um, they just need to get back at it. And and there's been, you know, I, I think there were they were so close last year to being the top of the West again. You know, when you when you look back at their games, there were some really weird finishes to yeah. Calgary games. Uh, you look at Nathan Rourke coming back on Calgary and putting like, you know, 25 or 30 on them in the fourth quarter um, after getting dominated for three quarters to win by one. And it was like a, there was some there was some weird stuff happening in that game, too. And you you have the Kamar Jordan touchdown catch that's in his hand then somehow goes off his bike <laughs> and turns into an interception that would have tied that game uh against right. Winnipeg. And, then the, and then i think two of the three or all three games against the bombers were one score games in, e- yeah. in either direction so you know one of those flips you get a win here a win there that's four more points now you're looking at potentially challenging for first in the west yeah so i i it's it's you know Calgary's Calgary's backslide season is an average season, like is an okay season for most teams. If most teams said, Hey, we're going to change our quarterback. You know, a bunch of our receivers are going to be injured. We're going to lose our, our, our left tackle uh, or our right tackle. We're going to lose, you know, all of these players by, Oh, and by the way, we're still going to make the playoffs. You know, like that's, I, I think most fans in most cities would be perfectly fine with that. Um, and I admit to being spoiled. I've I've covered this <laughs> team since 1990. I'm 44, and I can remember like four bad years. 
and and like that that's it there was there was the dunnigan mistake and then the federick overlap there but like you know from wally from wally to huff if you if you look at the end of wally to the beginning of huff there's some down years in the middle that's it the rest of it is it has been great i mean i remember one of them i think it was 2001 you had beat us in the great cup at eight and ten yes yeah that was <laughs> that was a bad time um, <laughs> that's kind of my memory of yeah, the low point, of yeah the, the, the low point for the Stampeders was a great cup. Remarkable. Yeah. The, well, and you guys were, I think you were dominant yeah, that year, but Glenn got four. injured in the Glenn got injured in the in the playoffs, didn't he? That was 07. Oh, that was 07. That was there 07. were many years of misery. We were, right. we were 14 and 4 in 2001. Oh, right, right. Yeah. And then, uh, well, see, and, but here's the thing. Calgary won that great cup, and it set the franchise back a couple seasons because they were like, Marcus Crandall can be good. And, no, he just wasn't capable of doing well, what and, they wanted and, him and to yeah, do. And the funny thing is I remember something to the effect of we had a chance to eliminate the Stampeders in the final week of the season and didn't do it. So they wind up making the playoffs and then beating us in the great cup. Well, if 8-10, and 10, I, I just to short of my point is, if eight and ten is the worst record in my record watching you didn't have since two thousand one, you've done a, you've done more than a few things, right? Well, yeah, that's the thing. I think every year under Huffnagel, but one has been double digit wins. Um, you know, and I, I think if you the the two years he hasn't, or the one year he didn't have double digit wins was the COVID shortened season, and they started that year like one and six, but finished it uh, eight and seven or something like they. If that season had continued, they would have gotten to double-digit wins if it were an 18-game season based on what they did with a rebuild here. Um, the rebuild normally goes very, very quick, and uh, it's crazy. And, and you know, Trey jumping back in to say the Stamps have been top tier for so long, that's not untrue. We're, we're looking at three and a half decades of fans that can go, ah, those darn Stampeders, they're never down for long. Um, you know, there's and, a reason there's an anybody but anyone but Calgary is the yeah, uh slogan yeah. passed around. Right? They sold those t shirts at the 2014 Grey Cup. The CFL sold anybody but Calgary t shirts in the gift in the in the Grey Cup merchandise stands, um, in 2014. Like, that's that's how how bad this has been for for other teams looking around at Calgary, and I, I know. I know it sounds cocky. I, I'm aware. Um, but the, the problem is, is that it's still true. You know, it's not, you know, like Winnipeg can stand on their championships and they can stand on their dominance in the West over the last couple of years. Absolutely. Absolutely. Since Caleros got there, he's been phenomenal. The team has been phenomenal. Um, he is the, the, you know, the straw that stirs the drink out there. Um, but I mean, with without him, are you any good? You know, is that a team that is that a team that dominates without Zach Caleros being slipperier than Pam? Like the the dude, uh, anytime anybody yeah. gets near him, all of a sudden he's just gone. You know, and and he's incredibly difficult to get sacked. Even though your O line out there was not good last year, you know, Stanley Bryant won 
one most outstanding lineman in defiance of tape. I, yeah, I don't think he, I don't think he should have either. You know, he was getting blown up on a pretty regular basis. The only issue, the only difference is Zach would escape and it would turn into a 20-yard gain. Well, now that 20-yard gain doesn't matter that Bryant blew his coverage. It was Zach getting away. He yeah. wasn't getting protected last year. Yeah, and Derek Dennis should have gotten the uh, the award there uh, for most outstanding offensive lineman would be my argument for somebody on the Stampeders, given how well they did on the O-line there. Uh, I want to get your takes here, Ryan. Uh, I know we've got a bit more time left uh, with you yeah. here. Uh, just take one quick moment. I just have to reset something. You'll see the we'll be right back screen popping up, folks. We'll be back in about a minute here on uh, Free Agent Frenzy 2023 here on the Canadian Football Countdown. And we'll bring Ryan back, and we got another guest joining us shortly as well. 